0: Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Mia. And I'm Carly. And today's episode is on the book that has been crowned the fantasy
1: book of Book Talk 2023. Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. If you
0: loved our girl Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones, then this book is for you. So today's reading section will obviously be covering Fourth Wing, including our favorite characters, our thoughts on meeting a new shadow, Daddy Zayden, and why Dane is a little bitch. Our rant is going to be about some of the underlying themes in Fourth Wing that we can relate to in our own lives, so let's get into it. General reactions,
1: Um, I would say like Mia and I both talked about how Typically in a fantasy book, there's a lot of world building and that can really like lose readers because it can be very complicated and confusing and you feel like you have to learn a whole like vernacular and vocabulary before you even dive into the plot. But fourth wing was different. We were like basically like delved right into the world. We just got into it. Violet was going off to this war college for dragon riders. Like And that was different because I think I've heard some mixed reactions. What do you you think, Mia? Like, did you prefer this way or do you like more world building?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of funny because I feel like I flip-flopped. So at first, the first chunk was really difficult for me. I felt like it was a little bit cheesy because there was like all this dialogue that I felt like was almost getting in the way of the world building. But then what I realized as it went forward was that was Rebecca Yaros's way of creating the world because she had this really unique basically form of world building, like you were saying, where Violet is just like thrown into the new situation just the same as the reader is. So she's learning everything as the reader is learning things. So mm-hmm. every piece of information that she's picking up from the other characters and her own observations – Is new information so like it's almost like that's how she did the world building and then even like the magical powers and like the bonding with the dragons like it's not explained until you're in the moment that Mm -hmm. violet is like experiencing it so i thought it was a really refreshing take once i got into it but again i feel like that's the Mm -hmm. scene with a lot of these different books like when something throws you off and it is different like it just takes a minute to like reorient yourself
1: yeah, and I'm someone where like I'm too like ADHD to really pay attention to role building sometimes. So I actually really liked it. Like I liked learning at the pace that she was. I think it's less like overwhelming, which I think maybe some people could think it's overwhelming because they don't know what's going on. But I like how every fact of this world was not thrown at me like I didn't have to keep flipping back to the map that's like always at the beginning of every fantasy book being like where's this place where's that place like who's king is where what kingdom it was like kind of refreshing so yeah totally agreed but another general reaction is that everyone says oh this is an enemies to lovers book enemies to lovers and it's just not like I love how Zayden and Violet had some beef at the beginning but like come on it was an insta love it was an insta spark like that sexual tension was there from day one
0: yeah and obviously I hope you're not listening to this if you haven't read fourth wing but what we realized at the end with the twist ending is that Zayden knew Brennan and so he knew about Violet the whole time he wasn't trying to kill her he was using that excuse that everyone else would assume he would want to kill her to bring her under his protection. That's why he got her into the fourth wing under his leadership. Because from the beginning, like, he wanted her. Like, he probably heard all these stories from Brennan about his sister and, like, how much he loved mm-hmm. her. And so Zayden exactly. already had this picture of Violet in his in, her, in his mind. But, like, regardless, like, reading it was not an enemies lovers, like, no. in the slightest. Like, you could tell he did not want to hurt her. I don't think he wanted
1: to like her like I think he did you know realize like her mother is General Sorengell and she killed his father and I think he did want to have like content towards her but I think there's as we said that insta love insta spark like insta attraction if anything and I think like as the older um older fourth year in our third year in the world called world more college. He wanted to not like her because he wanted to be like her superior, and she wanted to, she he wanted her to be scared of him. But obviously, we know Violet like that little girl is not scared of anything. Apparently, even though time and time again, I don't know how many mentions they meant they talked about how small she is. But like, I, that would be a fun drinking game. Like, take a shot every time that people mention how small and tiny Violet is. I'm like, we get it, we got it. She's small. She's tiny. And Zayden's very big, (laughs) and that's a thing. That's, like, a kink that some people have, like, the little small girl and the big boy. But anyways.
0: I'm going to go search on my Kindle. Like, I'm going to search for the word petite and, like, see how many many results come up. But
1: Or, like, she's too short to go in the saddle. Like, she can't hold her
0: seat. Like, (laughs) oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... (laughs) The petite girl and the tall guy. Like sometimes like as a taller than average girly, I'm like, please stay in your I know. I know. I'm like, where
1: are like the average five, six, five, seven girls? Where is our representation?
0: Uh, But I think along those lines of the not-an-enemies-to-lovers insta-love, I will say, general reaction, the spice was there. And I think it was a tasteful spice because it wasn't, like, overwhelming and throughout the book, like, I think there's really only two or three kind of spicy scenes, but those scenes were so good, and I felt, like, honestly, like, kind of unique and original, like, Mm -hmm. a dirty
1: talk. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, too, like, I remember you told me, um, when you read this book before me that you thought it was a little more YA and originally I was like mm, I don't want to do YA right now like I need my spice and then I think you got further into the book and you were like no no like it actually is spicy so I think that's it's like I wanted more because the scenes were so good when we actually got there, but also it's a little better than some of these books that we read where I love them, but it's like every other chapter is a sex smut scene. And I'm like, honestly, girl, like my vibrator is tired. Like I need some plot. She's, she's working overtime. <laughs> like, she's like, I'm tired of his grandpa. And I'm like, that well, that's too damn bad. So... Yeah, I'm like, thank you, Rebecca Yaros, for, like, letting
0: my vibrator rest. She needed it. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like, orgasm sponsored But <laughs> by yeah, fourth but <laughs> <thing. laughs> um, But, yeah, so I think, um, obviously, like, the spice, the romance is one part of it. But I think, like we were saying, another reason why it got so popular and blew up on BookTok, like, overnight is that there's so many fantasy worlds that can feel really similar despite all of the unique world building in that like there's a lot of fey books there's a lot of vampire books but fourth wing kind of like broke out of that kind of like stereotypical mold and that's not to say that that's bad at all that like the other books kind of can follow similar archetypes but although fourth wing obviously plays off of dragons which is like a typical fantasy kind of caricature it was just so unique i feel like it was still unique but at the same time had elements that were so familiar especially like the college like it being yeah. a war college and like exactly the magical school
1: yeah i mean magical schools are so popular like think harry potter um in hogwarts like Mortal Instruments, it's a Shadowhunter Academy. Percy Jackson, it's a camp for Half-Blood. So kind of like this collection of young kids where they're all like centered at one place and it's about education. And, you know, in school, there's always going to be like sexual tension and like friend groups and like fights and drama. So yeah, it's a really good like plot device, you know, like having these like colleges. But I love that it's called like a world war college. College, so you know, and then the dragon riders are like the cool kids on campus because we also have, um, the healers and like the there's scribes. so many different the scribes like there's so many different sectors. It's almost like Divergent, but it's like Divergent for dragon riders. So, yeah, I loved like the differences between all the different like types of people and how there's a really unique like character set based on who's in what sector like who's a scribe who's a dragon rider like personalities are so different and then we have Violet who doesn't really fit into the dragon like rider squadron or squad but she still ends up joining so it's always like you know we love an underdog we want to see an underdog thrive so that was like a really interesting plot in this book and I think that's what h- hooked me honestly I was like I want to see where this girl goes in this in this academy for dragon riders.
0: Yes, our girl's gonna kill it at college. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my
1: god, how's her first like war boar dragon party gonna go? Like, is she gonna get too drunk? Is she gonna play beer pong? Like, oh my god, no, she was like, she was like fighting for her life, like trying to hold on to like treacherous, like, like. Pl- mountains and trying not to fall down the parapet like no that was her college different than me and i's college experience it's definitely different
0: um however the dorm room sex was relatable <laughs> yeah them like
1: literally like sneaking into
0: like his private
1: suite versus mm-hmm. like it's, goes in it's- a
0: storm it makes so
1: much sense because it's always like the older kids they always have their own rooms and then when you're younger you always have to like share rooms of course she's like sneaking off into his room and then I think she did have her own room when she got like promoted or something like that like she moved up the ranks a little bit but yeah that was the like dorm room the dorms was a funny like after like a party at night you see everyone like scurrying back to their
0: rooms and in the morning yeah. We love the college representation there. Yeah, it's so real. Um, but on like a slightly more serious note, I think another thing that made Fourth Wing stand out and also resonate with a lot of people and bring to light um, an understanding of Violet's character that isn't always represented in fantasy novels is the disability representation and having the very distinct able-bodied kind of discussion where it's really interesting because I feel like this is the first book or first time I've seen a Phoebe Lillian character who has a very explicit physical disability and the book offers accommodations and visibility into it. But as a whole, the disability doesn't define her as a person or even like alter her as a character. But mm-hmm. like those accommodations are made for her and she thrives, like, it's not an in spite of her disability, like, because that's who she is, like, she's going to survive and succeed. But I don't know, curious about your thoughts.
1: I really liked it, especially because I feel like even as, like, a relatively – fit person who at least you know likes health and wellness I still have chronic pain and chronic illness so it's kind of nice to see that no matter how much violet like works out and gets stronger she'll be stronger but she still will have that chronic pain it's like she I think said in the book even that some of the pain that she faces after like having to spar and fight with people when she's never really been a fighter but she's like honestly I have pain every day in my life so this is nothing. Um, I thought, like you said, like it's different than a lot of other female main characters where even like if they start off kind of frail and not strong, it's like over, you know, a couple of months they end up building like muscle and they end up being these strong warriors. And it's kind of just like from one end to another. Versus Violet, it's like she has setbacks, she has bumps in the road. Like no matter how strong she gets, she'll always still have this physical disability and her chronic illness. So i really liked it i think you know it shows like you can be strong but also like have weaknesses but that still makes you a strong person so i think it also just makes her obviously relatable um to like an everyday reader so yeah but last thing general reaction the last sentence of this book welcome to the rebellion so good i had no idea it was coming i know a lot of people did But like, I feel like I could have seen a lot of plot twists coming in this book. But for some reason, I was just so oblivious to this one. I did not see Brennan coming back. I just didn't.
0: Yeah, I hate to say it, but I definitely saw it from a mile away. Like, I didn't think that necessarily he was like part of a rebellion, but I definitely knew he was still alive and out there somewhere. He was just mentioned too many times for it not to be related to some sort of secret. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was still surprised of the whole, like, Welcome to the Rebellion and the fact that, like, Zayden was working with Brennan.
1: Yeah, um,
0: exactly. So. Just it was another, <laughs> just lay delay.
1: It's another reason for Violet to suddenly hate Zayden. So, like, if we're talking theories, it's like, I know that, obviously, Zayden and Violet are our ship right now like they're like the sexy couple but is Rebecca Yaros gonna pull a Sarah J Mass where you know maybe this is something where Violet can never forgive Zayden he ends up being not as trustworthy as she thought he was and then there's another love interest I don't know because I love Zayden so much I would be really sad if that happened but it's like we don't know what her reaction is going to be in next book so well, there were so many just like plot twists and we, we were really left on a cliffhanger at the end.
0: Yeah, and it's really scary because we are SJM girlies, and this is gonna be a five book series minimum. Mm-hmm. And I, I am just like, does Zayden last the whole way? Like, is he I gonna know. die some tragic death? And my has to get over it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I have, I have all of the, all of the conspiracy theories. I'm so scared, mommy. I'm scared. <laughs> I know. We're like, don't kill off
1: our new shadow daddy, please. Um. But yeah, in terms of theories, I think there's been a lot circulating, especially because this is a relatively new read and so popular. So obviously, book talk really hopped on this one. But one of the theories that I saw is that Violet is potentially like part Venom. Um, and to explain Venom, are the people where they dive into their powers like too much, and it makes them basically like evil. It takes over their entire being, and they like. You know, they're the enemies of the dragon riders. Um, and I don't know about her being part Venom because that wouldn't make sense as to why her dragon would bond with her as a venom. Um, but we know that her hair is silver. They mention it a thousand times. Like her dragon calls her the silver one. Um, and we know that her mother was very sick with Violet when she was pregnant with her. So that's a reason why she has this silver hair and this chronic illness. So I was thinking maybe her mom when she was maybe it was before she was knew she was pregnant or during the pregnancy she was playing around with some of this like venom power and tapped into it a little too much and basically almost died almost lost the baby and everything ended up being okay but like Violet came out with like the silver hair and it's just you know we know that her this mom is hiding something up her sleeve like she's already been portrayed as evil I just would not be surprised if this mom even though you know the venom are evil and they're the enemy, like, she would be playing around with that kind of power because they are able to tap into this, like, endless power.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think that this theory has merit to it. And I'm so curious about, like, where all of, like, the venom stuff is going to go. And so going off of that, I am so curious about Brennan's best friend who gave up his life, who is Taryn's first writer. So I've seen a theory that, he gave up all of his power to save Brennan's life. Like Brennan truly was going to die, but he tunneled into too much of that power and channeled too much of Taryn's power because Taryn was so powerful. And he himself, the best friend, turned into a venom, and mm-hmm. that's why Taryn has now wanted to bond to Violet for the first time. He's never bonded to a writer since, um, his first writer died, and that's why like he's drawn to her because she- he knows that like she can help with the Venom, I guess, problem. Mm -hmm. So lots, lots to go around there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there has to be a link between the first rider and her, but you know, it's just like, we don't know. Like maybe like that Venom theory also plays into this theory. It's just, I feel like they're all somehow related
0: yeah also side note I love just like it's not a, not a theory in the slightest but I love just like the grumpy energy like the sass that Taryn gives off like his little <laughs> quips and one-liners like had me cackling like <laughs> giggling and kicking my feet it's so funny I know do you, want, like- do you want me to go get the wing leader like when she's trying to summon lightning so funny yeah.
1: And after they have sex, it's, like, he knows. And, like, he he's, like, a best friend where he's, like, oh, what did you
0: get up to last night? And she's, like, shut up. So, <laughs> literally, I love besties. it. I love mm-hmm. it. But back, circling back to her mom, there's another, and honestly, like, I don't even think this is a theory. I feel like this is pretty canon. Mm-hmm. So, when Violet, when we first meet Violet and she's going to cross the parapet, they mention, like, oh, there's some storms on the horizon, right? It's not until Violet is stepping or about to step onto the parapet that the storm comes down. It starts pouring rain. She's going to struggle to get across the parapet. And her mom's signet is literally storms. She wheels the power of storms. And she's sitting there watching the entire thing because she's General Soringale. Like, is she trying to kill Violet off? Was she trying to keep the secret? Was she trying to like something something her mom has so many secrets her mom is
1: evil and i think like she knows that she accidentally through trying to channel this power gave it to violet which is why she has this silver hair and she knows that like somehow her being a dragon rider is going to like you know unveil this secret that she has and I think yeah I mean it's like why would she send her daughter knowing that she probably was going to die to this war college I think she like had no intention of her daughter walking out on the other side and I think Brennan we're going to find out what Brennan knows and I think he has tea on the mom I think he has tea on General Soaring Gale there's a reason why he faked his own death to his own family Um, I think Mira too as the older sister like I know she is good in her but I also could see her being swayed like she kind of gives me some like Dane energy of just being like a rule follower and like a goody two-shoes so I don't know where she's gonna end up too on this line between like the split of the story family
0: yeah I'm so curious like if she knows about Brennan or not like or mm-hmm. if she's like if she has a feeling that like the missions that they're being sent out on are like suspicious but like not enough to question them exactly like we know she's she's very powerful she's very smart she's a great dragon rider like
1: I don't see her being completely oblivious so
0: yeah definitely but speaking of the war and the missions they're being sent on the last theory that I need to get into is the theory that the war has already happened and this is happening in the future and the story is being told in the future Because the very first page when we get into this book, there's a blurb and it reads, the following text has been faithfully transcribed from Navarian into the modern language by Jacinia Neilwart, curator of the Scribe Quadrant at Basgiath War College. All events are true and names have been preserved to honor the courage of those fallen. May their souls be commended to Malik. And so, obviously, this raises some questions. First of all, Jessenia is Violet's friend in the Scribe Quadrant. And the fact that she's now the head curator at the Scribe Quadrant means that this is happening in the future. So, like, that's hint one. Mm-hmm. Um, Because she's still no, in it's, college. it's that it
1: happened in the past, right? Yeah, So that's exactly. this is being written in the this future. Because it's being transcribed yeah.
0: also. Yeah. So, like, we're,
1: like, reading history, but we don't know where the history ends yet.
0: Exactly. And then... Mm-hmm. All events are true, and names have been preserved to honor the courage and of those, those fallen, fallen. I know. Um,
1: well, I feel like your theory. I don't believe that they're all dead, but I definitely believe that a lot of them are dead. So yeah, I don't.
0: I like, don't necessarily think that they're all dead, but I do think there's going to be a really tragic death. Like obviously, for, I mean Liam already died. And true. That was true. So tragic. But um, like, and he
1: <laughs> he was courageous and. He, like, I would doubt he's number one of whose name was preserved to honor the courage of those fallen. Like, he fell. He was courageous. No, 100%.
0: Literally, uh, Liam's death scene. Like, tore he my heart out. tore my heart out. Yeah. But I think it's just going to be so interesting. And, like, at the end of the day, we've got Iron Flame coming out in November. And we are so excited to get that in our hands. Have it pre-ordered. So exactly. fucking ready. <laughs>
1: yes. We will be don't worry, we'll be creating another episode on Iron Flame. We'll be talking about whether some of our theories that we're discussing right now are proven true. Maybe it will still be a question mark. Hopefully not, but who knows? Um, I actually introduced my sister to Fourth Wing and I wasn't sure if she liked it or not. I hadn't really heard from her and I look on our Amazon account and I just see Iron Flame already pre-ordered. And I was like, all right, I already got Rebecca Yaros, another reader. So Guys, like book club in November. Let's go.
0: Over no, Friendsgiving. Literally Besties book club. Like, please.
1: Friendsgiving <laughs> meal featuring Iron Flame Disgusting.
0: All right, guys. Now to get into our favorite section of the podcast, our rant today. We're going to be talking about some of these underlying themes from Fourth Wing that we can relate to or that we feel like we've experienced in our own lives. And I think that probably the biggest and most obvious one that a lot of the female readers of fourth wing can relate to is violet constantly being undermined like as a woman as like petite as she is as frail as she appears to be she's just underestimated and undermined over and over and over again by her squad mates by her own family um zayden is the only one who like truly roots for her and believes in her like throughout the entire book, i guess in taryn like the dragon so there's just kind of this like huge feeling of representation for women who feel undervalued um Mm -hmm. exactly I feel like like yeah that is so relatable and every single
1: guy that was like you know um Violet's enemy undermined her they thought it would be so easy to squash her they were like this girl's so small she's like not a powerful woman because I think in the fourth wing world like I think females are equal to men like I don't Think that like sexism sexism really exists as much as it does, like in our real world, because obviously, General Sorengale, like she's really high up and she's a woman. Mira, um, Violet's older sister, is a very powerful, like, warrior in this dragon rider quadrant. But I think like it just does speak to if you aren't like a woman that like is very strong on the outside like appearance wise or if you have a very strong personality where like you're mean and putting people down like Violet obviously is a very caring girl like she has friends she cultivates friendships even though Mira her own sister basically told her to not make friends at this college she was like don't make friends with anyone everyone is secretly your enemy like just be like you yourself and I and I think you know can relate to that because I think a lot of powerful women in our society kind of have to take that like I need to be more of a bitch to be taken seriously versus a guy could be a little nicer and still be taken seriously but Violet like doesn't really fall into that trap like she still wants to be the caring girl that she is at heart and we see how people like see that front and they're like oh well she'll be easy to be there's no way she ever bonds the dragon but Little do they know that
0: she will, and it'll be actually the most powerful dragon of their year. Yeah, I think that's the other thing, too, is that people underestimated her and underestimated her, and she was out for the count. Like, her own squad mates were like, she's not going to make it. Dane constantly was like, you can't do this. Let me get you to the squad quadrant, fucking bitch. But... (laughs) the (gasps) she isn't acknowledged even like as a potential dragon rider until she literally bonds with the most powerful dragon and like I feel like that just speaks to so many like experiences that we have it's like people won't listen to you or take you seriously until like the climax like the moment where like you break the glass ceiling or like people finally recognize Mm -hmm. whatever contribution you've made because it's like so massive I think also, like, even
1: as a woman
0: where I didn't, like, study
1: business as my number one, like, major in college, I don't have this, like, finance job. I think that, like, a lot of people and mostly, like, men will kind of, like, think oh she's not that smart she doesn't have it's like you know people are just so biased and especially towards women like a lot of women are more like creative and they want to be in more creative industries obviously we also have women that are everything like are in the business world are in the medical world etc but it's like you know if you want to be a cute little woman and just like be have fun with your friends and do a little arts and crafts like that's so easy to shit on but it's like we can still be really powerful we can still be really smart and do our little like things that girls love doing like i can love makeup and also be like a genius you know
0: yeah no 100 percent. it's also like the value that people place on appearances versus like intelligence also or like it's kind of a dichotomy right because it's like you need to appear strong and like look a certain way to be considered intelligent like women Mm -hmm. have to be put together in the workplace right like makeup done hair done outfits done to be taken seriously and like I feel like that's also interesting in fourth wing where Violet has the appearance of like being frail or like people underestimate her for that but then Mm -hmm. she's so powerful and it's like those two things like people can't reconcile them and so like I feel like in our experience too like that can sometimes be the case where it's like no one's going to take you seriously like if you might look a certain way because like there's biases like she very clearly is an outsider and looks different like especially with the silver Mm -hmm. hair and I think that that's just like another thing that like she gets constantly looked over like they're like oh well she's weak because of that Um, exactly
1: yeah yeah I think if you're a woman listener I think you understand what we're saying and if you're not I think hopefully you do but like I don't know for some reason the first thing that comes to mind is the Barbie movie and if you haven't seen it I highly recommend because I think that shows like women's struggles that we still have like trying to like be recognized as equals in today's world and even in this fantasy world like it's not anything like our world at all but they're still like the same themes like women are still like like, facing the same, like, sexist, you know, POVs and Violet, like, you know, she fights against it, but people
0: will still think whatever they want to think about her. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of people who underestimated Violet, I need to talk about Dane.
1: Yeah, Mia needs to, like, shit on Dane, like, her little, like, comments where every time you mention... His name, you're like,
0: oh, bitch, like. <laughs> well, so first of all, he is. Second mm-hmm. of all, Agreed. I think like the archetype of his character of like wanting to be like the protective male, but like not in a way that like empowers Violet, like in the way of like stifling her and like putting her down to protect her. I just fucking hate that. Which obviously, like the reason Rebecca Yaris wrote him like that is so it would grind our gears. Mm-hmm. So I think. Dane gives the energy of your guy best friend hitting on you so I think that every girl can relate to this or at least imagine this scenario your guy best friend you're talking having a normal conversation all of a sudden they hit you with the can I tell you something or like hey we should talk yeah and I've been thinking I've been thinking and it's you just, you know, it's coming and you like want to get ahead of it. So you're like, no, not interested, not looking for that. Like maybe like there were feelings at some point, but like not reciprocated. I only see you as a friend and I just (laughs) think, Dane is literally the epitome of the guy that like gets to the guy best friend that gets turned down when like exactly she and always hates wanted you. him yeah and then hates you and like he gets so angry about it because she had always liked him or like had a crush mm-hmm. on him like whatever and then the minute that she's not interested yeah exactly interested, and then he's butthurt that she's not interested
1: and yeah and I think like obviously me and I are not gonna name names about like our experiences with this but yeah it's like You cannot be friends with a guy as a single girl and like, be completely platonic it's so rare to find completely platonic friends as a girl because I feel like either they're gonna hit you with the hey I've been thinking and then the second that you like basically turn them down but very lightly because you still want to maintain this friendship like nine out of ten times as Mia said they're gonna take it poorly they're gonna be pissed like they think that they're like entitled to hook up with you just because you're friends and they like think that you've been dropping hints because you're friends but it's like no babe like read between the lines I've been nice to you and doing these things because we're friends not because I'm flirting with you and then the friendship ends so I mean, like, we already know that even at the next book, like, Violet and Dane's friendship is completely over. I mean, he fucked her over, basically sent her to her death because she wouldn't hook up with him. Like, yeah. think about that. She literally chose Zayden over
0: him. And he was like, well, now you can go die. Also, can we talk about the fact that because Dane read her memories, like, three four times, whatever, he saw Zayden pounding the shit out of her <laughs> <laughs> I know like he
1: was see like that. pissed um yeah I mean it's like you know obviously guys are always gonna get into like the whose dick is bigger conversation but like in this one we know Zayden's yeah. is um but like Dane you know it's just like you said like it's always the once they are interested in and the, and the girl isn't it's like a big deal versus was Violet making a big deal that she kind of always had this crush on Dean he never really looked at her more than like a little sister like mm -mm. she was not hating him she was just waiting her turn and then the second she moved over it he was pissed so you know I digress but like I think most girls can relate to this and it's just annoying that you can only really have platonic guy friends like if you're in a relationship And that sucks. It's like, I want to be a single girly and also have platonic high friends. And like, not all guys are like this. Obviously, we don't want to stereotype and generalize. But I think, as I said, it's like nine times out of 10 guys do this. Yeah. So Rebecca Yaros got that right.
0: And obviously, like, he's a fictional character. But, like, his character is just so, like, hateable. Like, I Mm -hmm. just, like, it's just one of those things that it's just, like, it grinds your gears. But then, like, that just means he's really well written.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, we, you know, it could have been more of a love triangle, like a Twilight, Jacob, Edward, and Bella, where, like, he is the best friend, but he actually does care about her and, like, kind of wrongs her, but actually does take care of her. No. We quickly, Rebecca was like, we're, we're, like, yanking him out of here. Like, he's not even in the running anymore. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, but last theme that me and I and probably you guys too can relate to is there's lots of fam- family dynamics in this book like we know that um, Violet's mom is General Soringill. she's her older sister Mira who's a writer um, in the dragon writer uh, quadrant and her dad and brother who was so-called dead but like I think there's a lot of expectations, especially for the Soringill family. And, you know, we don't know if um, Violet's mom sent her to the Dragon Rider Squadrant or Quadrant because of evil intentions. But if it wasn't evil intentions, like why did Violet have to live up to her expectations rather than being a scribe? Like she wanted to be a scribe. Her dad raised her to be a scribe. And then her mom was like, no. You're gonna be a dragon rider because I said so, and Violet like has to, and Mira's like, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't go because you'll probably get killed. But mom's word is like, mom's word is everything. Like you have to listen to her.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's just like that very parental feeling of like wanting to dictate your child's life. And again, mm-hmm. we don't know if her mom had the best of intentions doing this, but like. Because they think they have the best intentions, like, that they know what's best for you. But, like, obviously, exactly. Violet had had her heart set on being a scribe. And obviously, she's fucking killing it as a dragon rider now, but not because mm-hmm. of her mom, <laughs> like, yeah. of her own volition. Exactly. And I think, like, as we grow up, I think a lot, like, at least in...
1: American culture I think like parents are very involved in their kids lives and I even think back I'm like when I was in high school like were some of those decisions my own like even my college decisions like so happy with where I with where I ended up like left college but were, like, some of those schools I apply to fully my decisions? Like, is the field I ended up career-wise? Like, was that my decision or did someone, like, plant that idea in my head? Um, and I think a lot of people know that that idea was planted. I know even, like, my mom, for example, always talks about how she was a lawyer and she didn't want to be a lawyer. Like, she was a very creative person. Like, she's a really great eye for interior design. She loves writing. She loves, like, art. But she was kind of forced to be a lawyer by her parents. So I mean, like, same thing. Violet wanted to be a scribe. It's where she excels. She loves the written word. She loves education. She loves learning. And even though she ended up excelling in the dragon riding field, like that wasn't
0: what she wanted for herself at first. I'm crying at the dragon rider field. The career (laughs) career path. I'm
1: I'm like the field of dragon riding. Like, that's her major at the college.
0: I mean, I guess that's yeah. a
1: college her minor, of study. Her minor is fucking Zaden.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think also what's interesting is that, like, along with, like, the pleasing your parents dynamic is the sibling dynamics. So, like, Violet being young, Violet and Mira are close despite being pitted against each other because Mira is very strong-willed and she's like, I'm not going to let our mom – get in the way of us being siblings after Brennan quote-unquote died but then also that was like almost like a pay it forward because Brennan had been looking out for Mira like the mm-hmm. Brennan's book of survival or, or the book that he left her where he the had book written of down the book of Brennan yes mm-hmm. where he had written down all these tips for her like looking out for her like he's like I know that you're strong I know that you can do this But then there's the one passage where he's like, you have to look out for Violet. She'll never cut it here. Like, she's in Mm -hmm. danger. It's like, they both. No, that's that's a
1: classic sibling dynamic. Like, I have an older sister and I know, like, she was like, no, Carly, like, you're not doing this. You're doing it this way because we do it that way you're weird like older siblings they just make or break your life even I'm sure being I mean I know you're an older sister like I'm sure you're doing the same thing to your younger brother you're like ain't no way it's happening this way it's happening like that way and we even know even when Mira and Violet end up seeing each other a couple months into Violet being at the like college Mira like is kind of worried for um, Violet and she's like no you have to play by the rules and she kind of lets her slide but you can tell Violet's like becoming her own person and it makes Mira nervous because she doesn't have as much like autonomy over her little sister's life
0: yeah no exactly and yeah I'm a middle child so I'm just like Mira so I have an older brother and a younger brother And yeah, I see like both sides because like I was always in the middle, but like I was always like fiercely protective of my younger brother. But then like I had my older brother looking out for me. So like very similar dynamic for me growing up that like Mm -hmm. is definitely just family dynamics like playing off of that. But I think like overall, all of that, like all of these themes and like everything taken together is like makes fourth wing and all of the characters so relatable. And I think that Uh, like we talked about in the reading section like that's why it got so popular and so quickly is that Mm -hmm. it's just such a good story like there's so many pieces that you can take out of it
1: yeah exactly like it's a fantasy and I think a lot of fantasy we love you know immersing ourselves into that world like it's an escape but also like it's kind of nice to be able to be like yeah this fantasy I'll never be a dragon rider in my lifetime but like I understand what this girl is going through. so like you can om- it's like easier to visual- visualize yourself in this world that Rebecca Yarros built. Oh,
0: I can't wait to return to that world in November with iron flame coming out. <laughs> yes, we'll see you guys in November.
1: On the next episode of Reading and Ranting, we'll be deep diving into character development in our future, aka for the plot. We're going to be talking about the characters that we grew up with, who we relate to, and basically the characters that built us.
0: And we are always looking for book recs so if you have a suggestion, please shoot us a DM on TikTok at Reading and Ranting Pod or email readingandrantingpod at gmail.com. Happy reading. Until next time, besties.